Hey everybody, welcome back to Grotential. We are so glad you're here with us today. I want to say a huge thank you to Chet Beatler for filling in for me. Did a great job. He did. I listened to it and I was like, did this just become the father-son podcast? (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was wonderful. I love the talk on courage. It always inspires my heart. So thanks again to Chet. And today we are going to be kicking off our next mindset. And this is the trustworthy mindset. Um, you instilled in me as a little girl that honesty was a big thing. I made it a big thing for my kids growing up that we're going to be honest. And so as we think about these healthy mindsets for us to grow in, um, trustworthiness just seems spot on in my book. How about you? Yeah, I mean, it's the foundation of all relationships. Yeah. Uh, if we if we can trust each other, we have a healthy relationship, and there's all kinds of space for other good stuff to happen. When we don't trust each other, we don't have a good relationship, and it's hard to make other stuff happen. Yeah, that's exactly right. You and I were talking a little bit, and you have a really cool take on um, maybe not just trustworthiness the way we've always thought about it, but almost on a scale. And so I'd love for you to share with the audience, like what your thought is of this trustworthy scale. I think we make a mistake when we make it uh, an on-off switch. You are trustworthy or you aren't trustworthy. That is a, um, that's, nobody can live up to that scale, that a standard. So we are levels of trustworthy. Mm -hmm. So uh, we are 50% trustworthy or we're 90% trustworthy. And it turns out we have different trustworthy levels in different uh, areas of our life. Uh, you, uh, you may be, your spouse may be will, able to trust you 100%, but people at work only trust you 40%. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, we it, it's not trustworthy or untrustworthy it's degrees of trustworthiness and we are more trustworthy in some situations than in others mm-hmm. so that's very interesting to me because i've never thought about it like that so i thought for this podcast it'd be cool to do the three areas of trustworthiness that seem to matter the most and that would be our relationship with god our relationship with other people and then our relationship with ourselves Yes. When you think about those three areas, which do you feel like is a good starting point to look at? Where if you're going to grow in one area, it's the most important because it'll affect everything. Which of those three do you feel like is the one to focus on first? I would focus on being trustworthy with yourself. Okay. Uh, uh, Being able to say to yourself, I will do this and do it. And I won't do this and don't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you build a trustworthiness with yourself, that inner trustworthiness is going to, uh, it's going to uh, express itself in our other relationships. Yeah. And that lack of trustworthiness with yourself, that will express itself in other relationships also. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I've maybe already always thought of like trustworthiness as of uh, uh, 
like a value. But as we talk about this, it's almost more like a discipline. Yeah. It is more of, um, I think I heard someone ask the question, have you ever stopped and asked yourself, how trustworthy are you? Because there can be a lack of self-awareness in oh, life. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, it's real easy to see in other people, a little bit harder to see in yourself. Absolutely. So when you stop and you ask yourself an honest question of how trustworthy am I? How trustworthy am I to myself? Do I keep or do what I say I'm going to do? Because it is the easiest place to slack. It's easy for me to say, okay, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to work out. And then, no thanks. The bed's feeling a little comfy. (laughs) You know, yeah, that old pillow headlock. Yeah. Um, so when you start with yourself, I think that is absolutely spot on because there is something of are you know who are you becoming and who do you want to be, and that trustworthy to the core of your internal self and being self aware enough to even say, you know, where do I fall on that scale? Yes. So when you think about this then, how do you grow in this area with yourself? Like what would be a good uh, question to ask yourself or a good tool? How do you start to grow? Well, you'd start taking baby steps, don't you? You don't take the hardest thing that you're failing at in life and make it the first thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, you take something that is more uh, um, easy to do. Uh, you don't say to yourself, I'm going to get up an hour earlier every day. You say, I'm going to get up 15 minutes earlier. Yeah. So if, if I get that 15 minutes, now I can trust myself with that 15 minutes. I start seeing the benefits of that. Well, now I can add another 15 minutes. Uh, I start saying things like, um, I'm going to be honest. I, 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 I'm not going to always try to say everything that, uh, uh, puts me in the best light. I'm going to be, I'm going to try to really be honest. And, uh, then you focus on, uh, perhaps, uh, I'm going to be more honest with my spouse. Uh, uh, I'm going to be more honest with the people I work with. I think if we take, if we, uh, chunk it down into Mm -hmm. smaller bits Mm -hmm. And we, we see that being trustworthy pays off in these small ways. It just becomes easier. The snowball effect. To do the bigger, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so if you, you chunk it down. So with any sort of discipline then, it is a matter of just doing it. Yeah. Right? It's a matter of you set your goal. If, it, if you're going to chunk it down to make it start small, I mean, that is one of the big principles in um, uh, what's the what's the big habit book? Atomic Habits. Yeah. That's his big thing. He's like, don't start working out. Just put your shoes on. Yeah. Just drive the five minutes to the gym and come back home. And I hear that. I'm like, that's ridiculous. But when you start seeing yourself as this is who you're becoming or I am a person that works out or I am yeah. a woman that is trustworthy or I am a man that is trustworthy you start doing the small little things to become it yes okay so when you think in your personal life what are if you don't mind sharing with us um what are some of the areas of trustworthiness in yourself that you had to grow in uh I would say um 
I, uh, yeah, um, it's, it's hard to actually, uh, put the right vocabulary to this. Um, uh, it's, it was easy for me not to believe the best about people. Yeah. And when you don't, when you have the habit of not believing the best about people, then you look at everybody with a jaded eye, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, it was easy for me to say, um, uh, this person may be nice now, but we'll see. Coming. Yeah, the yeah. shoe's going to drop. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's just t- detrimental to relationships. Mm-hmm. So uh, I had to make some giant, with God's grace, some giant steps in looking at people and saying, I'm going to trust you till you prove that I can't. Mm-hmm. I want that to be my default setting. Mm-hmm. I, in, my, instead of my default setting, I'm not going to trust you until you prove I can. I want my default setting to be, I'm going to trust you until you, uh, you prove I can't. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking earlier too of one of the big things that kills trust is suspicion. Uh, why can't I think of suspicion suspicion it's like thinking suspenders (laughs) I need more coffee okay so suspicion kills trust yes but uh I'm so tired but transparency grows it yes okay so suspicion kills trust but transparency grows trust yes and so we all have biases. I mean, it is something that we do have to face, that we all have biases. And so when when it is a bias of maybe how you think about people or um, areas we might be jaded in, I think there is uh, it's something real healthy to not let that suspicion kill the connection you can have with someone. So I like that idea. So the big idea then is, Give people your trust until they prove otherwise. Yes. I think that's great. It's healthy. Yeah. You look at people different. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have more of appreciation for uh, diversity. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's hard to have an appreciation for diversity if you're giving in to assumptions and prejudices. Yeah. Because you're not really giving the person an opportunity. You've already decided they're not trustworthy. Yeah. On the other hand, if you say, I'm going to trust you until you uh, you prove that I can't, then diverse, then you're open to the other person having a different opinion. <laughs> and you're open to them having a new idea. You're open to them... Uh, uh, sharing a a fresh thought yeah and god knows we could use some of that all all of it we could use all of it (laughs) okay so the first thing is that self-awareness of looking within and saying are you a trustworthy person taking little small chunks and saying how can i become scale up (laughs) how can i scale up in this trustworthiness thinking of it as a discipline and just doing it and then checking your biases i think that's really healthy Okay, so then if we start with you, then let's go to others next. So when you think of trustworthiness with others, I think maybe a lot of people listening, maybe trust has been broken. 
Um, maybe you're thinking about how do you repair trust with other people? What is a thought on how to repair trust? I think the very first step has to be acknowledgement. If I've broken trust with someone, I need to sit down with them and say, I, I, uh, I didn't, I proved that you couldn't trust me. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm acknowledging that I wasn't trustworthy for you and I want you to know I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And, uh, if I need to make some kind of restitution, I'm willing to do it. But I want you to know I'm, I am absolutely committed from this moment on to uh, relate to you in the kind of way that it's easy for you to trust me. Yeah. I'm taking responsibility for this. Yeah, I think that is so healthy in a family. I think that's healthy in a workplace. I think one of the biggest things with the staff, I always say, like, let's just own it. If we've messed up, let's own it because we're all going to mess up. Yes, we are. That's going to be the nature of humanity. We're going to mess up. But if you start blaming things or blaming others, that's when all my, I get, you know, it makes me grouchy. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Or when they say, um, well, there wasn't anything we could do about it. There's just nothing we could do about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then how do we fix it to move on? Yes. Yeah, so I think the owning it piece is huge, especially in broken trust. Not making excuses, not pointing the finger or projecting, but owning it. I think that's really healthy. I've also learned that um, sometimes a a general apology is not good enough. Where you say, uh, I'm sorry uh, that this happened. Uh, Sometimes it requires... uh, I'm sorry, I told you I would do this, and I didn't do it. Have you heard of the apology love languages? No. So it turns out in the same way that we are all we all feel love differently we all have different apology languages well it makes sense doesn't it (laughs) yeah so some people like that general apology of like i am sorry is good enough for some people it's i'm sorry i know i made you feel this way it's like being seen um i wish i knew him better but uh it just turns out there's apology languages it makes sense to me yeah i'm easy uh sometimes you don't even have to apologize just get back to being nice again and I'm good (laughs) yeah yeah I think I probably have scales like if it's something with my family just we're good if it's maybe something with my husband though I'm like I like to be seen (laughs) you know I'm a little harder on that guy yes you and your mother (laughs) yeah Okay, let's get back to others. Okay, so broken trust. So I I love the idea of owning it, claiming it, apologizing, and then the idea of I'm going to do what it takes. I think transparency is big in that piece too for rebuilding trust. Okay, now when you think about others and the trustworthy mindset, what do you think about? Okay, so... It's two-sided, isn't it? Uh, am I trustworthy for them? Are they trustworthy to me? Mm-hmm. Um, it's important that uh, it, um, we build relationships that are trustworthy relationships 
because especially if we're trying to live life to its fullest potential. Yeah. I want to live up to everything God gave me the potential to do, Mm -hmm. which means I have to have people in my life I can trust. Yeah. Uh, we have to uh, we have to trust each other as a family. At the core of family is trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to trust each other as a staff mm-hmm. because we're trying to do so many incredible things, and uh, it takes all of us. Uh, we have to trust each other as ministry teams uh, that when uh, someone volunteers, they're going to show up and do what they said they would do. Yeah, because we're planning. Uh, uh, above what we can accomplish by ourselves yeah and so it has to be done in groups and in teams and then then trust is everything in those groups and teams yeah i heard this idea about one of the things that most it's like something like one in four people in the workplace don't trust their leadership that feels high to me that feels i don't know that was unsettling And so one of the things that I think can build that unity in the team is like the mission. Um, You and I, like you, we had a family motto that we lived by for our family and we sat down and we wrote it as a family about what was important to us. Jacob and I did that for our kids. There were three things that we stuck to growing up. So it was God is always going to come first. We are going to be a family of honesty and respect And we're going to have fun together. And those were our driving forces as a family. In your workplace, having a mission statement that like this is how we treat people or this is who we are. I think the unity of having a mission that focuses everybody and this is the why and this is the how. I think there's something really beautiful in that that inspires trust and health. Agree? It, it, It should. Yeah. It absolutely should inspire uh, a trust. Uh, we've learned uh, over the years that uh, the organization can get silos in it mm-hmm. where uh, most of the church is doing this, but you have this silo over here mm-hmm. that is uh, a do- that's got its own mission. Yeah. And then... Um, then you have really bad trust problems. Do you think, like if you look back in retrospect, how were those silos formed? Do you think it was a communication breakdown somewhere? Like the bigger we got in ministry or the more staff or the more leaders, that there was a breakdown of communication and that's why silos form? Like in your opinion, what causes that? Well, I think there are innocent silos and that's... um that's where you're saying uh, we just didn't communicate well. Mm-hmm. But I also think there are agenda silos. Yeah. Where somebody has an agenda and uh, they have enough influence to uh, uh, create a silo around their agenda. Mm-hmm. The innocent uh, uh, silos are easy to fix. Yeah. Uh, it just takes getting the right people in the room have working our way through the problem, uh, coming up with a, a different uh, schedule or a different uh, method of communication. Uh, the agenda silos, they are trust issues. Yeah. Uh, someone has an agenda that isn't consistent with the direction the church is going in. Yeah. And those can be very hard to fix. Mm-hmm. So I, 
if there is, uh, you know, a trust breakdown with other people, um, in your family or in the workplace or in the church, whatever it might be, what is the first step you take? Is it having the hard conversation? Right. So if I broke trust, I'm going to apologize to them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, uh, I didn't do the right thing. Uh, I'm sorry. I disappointed you. All right. If they break trust with me, I am, I have to have the hard conversation. We have to sit down and we have to say, look, I trusted you and this didn't happen. Yeah. And this is like the, this is what makes people want to crawl out of their skin is the the confrontation of hard stuff. Yeah. And it's easy to not want to do, it's easy to want to sweep under the rug, but nothing healthy comes from that. No. And I do think having trust with other people does mean we are going to have the hard conversation. I don't want people talking about each other behind their backs. I want, I want to have the hard conversation to that person's face. If I don't have the hard conversation with the person, I'm telling everybody else around me, you can't trust me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm saying, uh, Hey, if it's easy, you can trust him. Mm. But if he has to do the hard thing, he's not going to do it. Mm. I break trust with the, the, the good people. Right. And that's the last people in the world I want to break trust right. with. Yeah. Okay, so our trust with others, it's being able to check our biases, but it's also being able to say, I'm going to have the hard conversation. All right. To wrap this up then, I want to go to God because it's who we are. It's our heartbeat. And when you think about being trustworthy with God, what does that look like for you? So I want to begin with, um, I always want to start with God and not myself. I always want to be able to turn my focus to the strength of God Mm -hmm. and the the. The Bible says again and again and again how trustworthy God is. It sure does. It, it has uh, uh, stories about how trustworthy he is, how, uh, uh, how he, he did what he said he would do, and, and he accomplished more than people expected. He's altogether trustworthy. Mm-hmm. So when I think about the trustworthiness of God, it inspires something in me that says, I admire that in God. I want God to be able to trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just said this to the whole church yesterday. I don't want God to only be able to trust me with the easy stuff. Yeah. I, I, I want to be on God's A team that he can trust me with the genuinely hard stuff. Yeah. I don't want to be the kind of player at the big game. God says, you're going to have to sit on the bench today because I can't trust you to perform. We've got another A team coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, So when I see the trustworthiness of God, it inspires in me. I want to be like that. Mm -hmm. When I see that God is trustworthy in the most difficult of things, I want to be like that. I, I want to be a guy that God can trust to handle hard stuff and, and not be the kind of guy that God has to work around because he just can't trust me with the serious stuff. Yeah. 
Uh, it's interesting because I think the Holy Spirit will prompt our thinking. And I think that I'll hear things throughout the day. And I, I think often, am I listening to God in the little things also? Um, I'll commonly go check our parking lot for garbage because I don't know why I just I don't ever want to get too big for my britches you know <laughs> like I, I will not abide I will not walk yeah. past garbage or cigarette butts on the parking <laughs> yeah. lot and not pick it up yeah. yeah so I think I probably learned it from you but I'll commonly do that because I, I want to be humble with God too yes of like you can not only trust me with the big stuff but you can trust me with the little stuff too yes and so when you think about this trustworthiness of God because it is you do see the trustworthiness of God but then you also hear the authors of the Bible saying trust in him yes. saying trust in him with all your heart and not lean on your own understanding but in all your ways acknowledge him and so I'm wondering, like, how often do we follow and listen the promptings of the Holy Spirit in our heart of like, hey, go make that right or go do this or um, in your life, have you found that when you follow those promptings, that's a trust building factor? Yes. Um, but I have to admit, I've felt prompted by God to do stuff and nothing came of it. Right. It, it, maybe it was just an, uh, him asking me to obey. Mm -hmm. I've also felt prompted by God and very important things happened. Mm -hmm. So I don't, um, I, I don't second guess the, the promptings, even though I have felt prompted and nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably true for every person. <laughs> you follow promptings and, it's good, but nothing. You didn't meet someone who then fell in love with Jesus and, you know, yeah. gave their life to him. You just picked up some garbage from the parking lot. <laughs> or, you know, you feel prompted to call someone and and you're kind of expecting God to do something special because you felt prompted to call and it, and it was just nothing. a telephone yeah. call, you know. Yeah. It, yeah. Okay. Do you have any other thoughts on this idea of the trustworthy mindset? So if we think about it as a discipline, we think about it as like the snowball effect where you just start, you do it, but maybe you chunk it into smaller aspects, that you're honest with yourself, that you don't have, you, if you do have biases towards others, you're honest about it and trust until trust is broken or trust until someone shows you that you can't. Um, when you think about others, you think about uh, the scale of how do I grow in my workplace or how do I grow in my home or um, and become more trustworthy of doing the right things. And then with God, at the heartbeat of it, what would you say it is? Following his promptings? Would you say what? How do you grow in your trustworthiness with God? Uh oh. Uh, my sense is that, um, like in all these other things, the better I know God, the easier it will be to trust him. Mm -hmm. So I start with trying to understand him better. And the trust is a, uh, gift mm -hmm. that follows the understanding. Mm -hmm. I will never trust more than I understand. You know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, that's a great point. 
I, I also think uh, I have to be aware. Uh, the Bible says, great is thy faithfulness. Am I aware in my day-to-day life how faithful God is? Because the more I am aware of his faithfulness, the easier it'll be to trust him. Mm-hmm. If I'm living uh, oblivious to the faithfulness of God and I don't ever see it in my daily life, then trust is always uh, less than it should be. Yeah. Um, Dallas Willard, he calls it the ruthless elimination of hurry. And he talks about that as soul care of um, within. We all have busy schedules, you know, every mom, every worker. We have busy schedules. But within, when our souls are quieted, when, when we ruthlessly and eliminate the hurry something really healthy happens and i think that's a little bit more of what you're talking about is that you can hear god in a better way yes you have the time to take and see who is he is he trustworthy can i follow him and god always shows himself faithful yes he does and so i i do love the idea of eliminating the hurry within and sitting with god in the silence and the solitude i think that's a really healthy aspect well thank you very much thank you i love doing this with you hey if this is helpful or if you're consuming this content and it feels um enjoyable would you please share with somebody we would really really appreciate that yes we would we value you guys we uh hope this is helpful and we pray that you have an awesome week take care